Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance off a sensational Sunday. Best of the year. Catch of a lifetime. Calls I can't stand. Crying in football. What are we waiting for? Let's do this. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. One place to start here on ESPN Radio is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. And I have been smart enough to keep Rex Ryan in the studio after we wrap up. Get up this morning. Rex, thank you as always. Oh, my pleasure. And you once again got the trivia right. For those who uh, don't get to watch Get Up With Us every morning, um, he goes, Rex goes head to head with Hembo every week um, on a trivia question. We call it Sneaky Hembo. And you have been unbelievable. 10 and 0, greedy. This year. Although today, I felt like someone, so the answer to the question today was Julio Jones. And I feel like someone in the studio said it. Did someone say it or did you just come up? I felt like RC was trying to give you a hint. Which, which was frustrating because well, you've been so good all year long. I don't want anything to mar what has been yeah, an unbeaten no, I mean, season. Th- no, nobody said it. Certainly nobody said it. You know, was there maybe a little hint by R.C.? It felt like that, a hint. Uh, yeah, it felt like a hint. <laughs> you know. One way maybe. or another, it stemmed from <laughs> Justin Jefferson. And so yeah. there were two games yesterday that stood out uh, amidst a fascinating day. And, and Buffalo, Minnesota was one of them. And... When you consider that it was fourth and 18, like Odell Beckham's catch in the corner of the end zone for the Giants, just in a vacuum might be the greatest catch I've ever seen. But context matters. When you consider that if Justin Jefferson doesn't make that catch yesterday, the Vikings definitely lose. I, I think with that taken into consideration, it might be the best catch I've yeah, ever Greeny, seen. Yeah, Greeny, I don't disagree. I think it was. And you're, you're right. The Odell Beckham thing... No, uh, uh, that'll never be topped, in my mm-hmm. opinion. However, the circumstances make a difference. You're absolutely right. The man goes up. The ball's clearly overthrown. He sails it, and he goes up. The defender has two hands on the ball. He's got one hand, and he rips it down, and he, and he you know, has the it, – it's clearly a catch, and it's like, you got to be kidding. It's impossible to make that catch. Absolutely impossible. He comes up with it, and – he, he was tremendous the whole day. And quite honestly, here's what's funny. Greeny, we had another one where uh, Diggs had as good a catch as, I, as you can see. Stephon Diggs, a one-handed snag earlier in the game. Yeah, yep. on a third down. And I'm like, my God, that's one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. Until we saw this one. Correct. Like a half hour later, it was easily surpassed yes. uh, by Justin Jefferson. And look, th- that game is so good and so compelling in so many ways, but there's really two storylines that come out of it, and they involve both quarterbacks. Is Kirk Cousins good enough to get the Vikings to the Super Bowl? That's my question, because yeah. everything else about that team right now feels championship caliber, but do we trust the quarterback to make the – a quarterback, in order to get a team to a Super Bowl, is going to have something like – is going to need to have like five huge moments in the playoffs to get there. Do we trust him to do it? No, the history will tell you no. He's never done something in big moments, big games. However, 
This year has been way different. Mm-hmm. This year they're winning all those close games. So to say he doesn't, I I don't know. He sure like he looks like a different guy. If you never knew his history uh, on big games, uh, big moments and all that, you would say just by watching him this year that Kirk has, Cousins has the medal to get it done this year. Now, that said, and, and here's the reason I bring it up. I don't mean to not – Kirk Cousins has become such an easy target in so many different ways. I, I, I don't mean it to sound that way, but the reality is he needed a lot of things to happen to win that game. How yeah. many times did they get the ball down inside the five and not score – including the one time they needed Josh Allen to fumble in his own end zone for a defensive touchdown in order to win that game yesterday, and then Allen to throw an interception in the red zone on the other side. So, yes, Cousins found a way to win the game, but he needed a lot of things to go right for them to win that game. No, 100%. Here's the thing. All season. Yeah. In all their wins, they're they're winning games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But that's a mark of a good team also. Mm -hmm. So the the fact they're getting all these close games where last year they – they barely won. I don't even think they won fifty percent of those right. those games. Here they're winning every single one of them. So to me, it's a real positive thing. But it also shows you how ev- they have to have everything go you know go their way to beat a quality team. That, that, that's what I mean. That's what concerns yeah. me. Um, and obviously, they beat a very good team yesterday. Greeny and Rex presented by Progressive Insurance. It's easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. On, on the other side. You were on the Josh Allen thing before most people were. You loved him before that draft, and you have been right on Josh Allen 100% from start to finish. However, have we seen some things that concern you? The last couple of weeks, a lot of turnovers, a lot of like hero ball, like I can make that throw when he shouldn't. Dan did a good job diagramming some of that stuff on TV this morning. Are you at all concerned about Josh Allen? Yeah, I am. And the only area I'm concerned in is the red zone only the most important thing on mm-hmm. the field. And Josh has to, like you say, we don't need him to be Superman. You know, we just need him to play the position. And th- there's a golden rule that's always been in place in the National Football League. Anytime you're in the red zone, it's touchdowns, all right? So you, it's either touchdowns or checkdowns. Yeah. And a checkdown can be run as well from him, all right? He breaks that. Anytime you throw the ball into the end zone, it's us or nobody. He broke that again. He's turned the ball over six times in the red zone over the last two years. It's the only thing I'm concerned with is, and it shows me that, hey, you're, you're repeating mistakes. He, he needs to get that fixed right now. If this team is going to go to where everybody predicted that they would go, not everybody, but almost everybody, which was the Super Bowl. He's got to get that fixed. Greeny and Rex with us here in studio. The other game yesterday that was unbelievable, I thought, was Dallas and Green Bay. So compelling in so many ways. And, and I kept these stats up here because if I told you that one of these teams was going to throw the ball 20 times and the other one was going to throw it 46, you would never guess that the one that was going to throw at 46 was going to have a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and, oh, by the way, be running the ball successfully all day long. I don't understand. So many of you guys were saying to me that when Dak comes back, they have to stay with what's been working, stay with the running game, and it was working. Tony Pollard had 22 carries for 115 yards yesterday, but they got pass happy as this game went on. Did that concern you? What did you see from the Cowboys yesterday? Yeah, no, I, I thought it was crazy. And it, it, uh, two things concern me. Closing out games, you need to be 
uh, able to run the football, which Dallas can do. Yeah. The only coordinator that can stop them in that situation was their own offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and I've been trumping this forever, is that they have defensively, they can close you out. They can choke you out just by that pass rush. Well, what happened when they had the two-score lead, they, they never did it. And how did Green Bay get it done? They kept running the football. Yep. And that, that was the thing. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Greeny, you talked about team only threw 20 passes yep. with a Hall of Fame quarterback. So they wanted to win that game. That's what it showed me that Green Bay wanted to do. But it also shows Dallas has a problem. And that problem is the run defense. It's always been a problem, and it's still there. Yeah, they got run on for 207 yards yesterday. Aaron Jones had 138 of it. Greeny with you. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. A couple of other notes from yesterday. Um, Justin Fields, in a loss yesterday, I thought was the best player in the entire league. Uh, how... What exactly is it that's happening right now? What what is happening in Chicago right this minute? We're, we're seeing the growth of a of a superstar right in front of us. I call him the future because that this is it. The future is so bright in Chicago based on one guy, Greeny. They can't pass block. They can't. They, they you know they have very few weapons on as receivers mm-hmm. that are on the outside, and yet this kid keeps getting better and better and better. Here's what we saw yesterday: his 60 yard touchdown run that he had. All right, that's back-to-back weeks he had over a 60-yard touchdown run. Walter Payton had sixty, uh, had two 60-yard touchdown runs in his entire career. Yep. That's how difficult it is. This kid right here has rare athletic ability. The fact he, he – the speed is absolutely unbelievable, but he's strong. And the other thing is he's got a great arm. We haven't – we're not going to see the full potential of this young man this year because of that offensive line and because of that receiving core. But mind you, this guy is as talented as, as he is as a runner. He has the same kind of talent in that arm. And that's what I can't wait to see as the future's going forward for this kid when that, they get better pieces around him. This guy's going to be almost unstoppable. And then the other thing I did want to touch on with you is a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a dicey topic. No, it's not dicey. It's a, it's a challenging topic. It's complicated because Jeff Saturday was not just an outside-the-box hire. He was someone who came from here that we all got to know extraordinarily well. Jeff Saturday is one of my favorite people I've ever right. worked with at ESPN in, in my 25 years at the company, and I know how much you like him too. So it is difficult sometimes, I think, for a lot of you guys. It didn't touch me as personally as it did someone like you who worked your way up from, you know, I'm sure like watching tape and all that kind of stuff to being a head coach in two places that people are going to interpret when you're critical of, of of the decision that was made in Indianapolis yesterday. They're going to say, Rex is ripping Jeff Saturday. Yeah. And I know that's not the way you mean it at all, even though the way it turned out did not sit well with you. No, and, and I'm going to say this. I don't blame Jeff Saturday for taking this job. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable opportunity that, quite honestly, almost anybody would take, okay? But when you're ba- bypassing so many guys that have worked all their life as, as coaches all their lives, that to me is, is it's not right. It's absolutely not right. And, you know, just by doing it, and, yeah, they had a win, that's great. But Jeff's, Jeff is being 
put in a position right now where he's got to lean on all these other coaches that are there. He's not really getting the full blunt force trauma of being a, a head coach when you got to make all these decisions because, quite honestly, they've already been made yeah. for that team. Um, but it's great to see, as happy as I am for Jeff, I think there's so many people, the Mike Westoffs of the world and different coaches that never quite got that opportunity that I can't be good with this hire. I'm sorry, I'm not. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. What kinds of things were you hearing from then? What You you did. You climbed the right. mountain. You, you scaled. You got to the very top of it. You got to be a head coach, not just once but twice. When well, I know how much that means to you and always will. Right. Um, what kinds of things have you been hearing on your texts and calls oh. and whatever from people who never got you that You know, chance? that this is – it starts – you know, this is BS. This is, you know, how in the heck can they do it? It's a slap in, in the coaching profession, all this kind of stuff. And – and there are multiple texts from multiple coaches mm-hmm. and things like that that feel this way. And quite honestly, for the guys that sleep in the offices three times a week, for the guys that are put in 20-hour days, all that type of stuff, the grind, all right, that's how you elevate yourself by your work ethic, your passion, all those type of things um, that, you know what, maybe there's a different way of looking at things. And it, it's uh, that's the old school, but that was what I was brought up in. My dad was a coach, went through the ranks for years and years, all the times where family is secondary, all those type of things you don't see, but coaches who have lived that life are never going to be happy with this. Yeah, no, I, and, and I saw Bill Cower was very uh, passionate about it on TV yesterday. You were as well, and I think a lot of former coaches feel that way. A little later in this hour, I'm going to explain how I, I can draw a real-life parallel to something that happened here at ESPN once. Um, that I So I understand. I, I can see it from both sides. It's not a question of both sides. I love Jeff. I'm right. delighted for him. I'm going to root for him like crazy because he's my friend and, and all the rest of that. I hope that he has a long and successful uh, career if that's what he chooses to do. Candidly, I'd love to have him back on Tuesdays, but that's, <laughs> that's a whole other situation. And who knows? There's a lot left to be decided. But I totally understand why you guys feel the way you feel. That said, Rex, awesome. Thank you. Are we going to beat New England this week? Oh, Greeny, we have to. There's no are we question or whatever. We have to beat him. Please, for the love of any every Jet fan, we need to win this one. I agree. We'll talk as the week goes on. Thank you, Rex. He's the My best. Pleasure. Rex Ryan with us here. Coming up, my takes will include the first time I've legitimately questioned the one thing I was most certain of in the NFL this year. That's on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greenies takes. On every Monday at this time, uh, we begin with my top five takes coming out of an NFL Sunday. I have more than five today, but I've, I've done my best to limit it to the five things that I could take away from yesterday. Here we go. Number five. Uh, Justin Jefferson catches the best catch I've ever seen. I believe that when you combine the degree of difficulty and the circumstance in the game, it is. For pure spectacularness, Odell Beckham's catch, I think, can't be surpassed. I don't know how you could make a more spectacular catch than that. But it didn't have anywhere near the same drama that this one did. The David Tyree catch is an unbelievable catch. The ball's trapped up against the helmet. But the degree of difficulty of that one compared to this is not even close. Now, obviously, that one winds up winning a Super Bowl. So if you want to argue that one, I understand it. But this... This ball is thrown over his head on 4th and 18 with two minutes left in what feels like a very big game for the Vikings yesterday. And, and the fact that he catches it, I still can't believe it. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know how he winds up being the person who has the ball in his hand at the end of that play. And his, his ability to keep it from touching the ground. Hembo is sitting here with me. We did a lot on it on TV this morning. So, you know, we watched it over and over again. To wrestle it away from the defender, everything that he did, to keep the ball so clearly from not touching the ground, when it happens live action, my first thought is, I wonder if it hit the ground. Then when you see it, it's not even close. It is, it is the best catch I think I've ever seen. I agree. I was 100% certain after watching it in real time that the replay would show that it had hit the ground at some point. Right. It's one thing. It's really impressive to wrestle uh, it away from a defender that had two hands on it when he had only one. But I thought for sure on, a, on the way down he wasn't going to keep track of it of course no it, it was the most ridiculous catch i've ever seen no no best sure. catch you ever saw yes or no um for that moment yes regular season yes so you're going to put tyree ahead of it because of the super bowl nature of it is is that i'm just trying to interpret your somewhat cryptic response yes and what about the immaculate reception like couldn't that was those big moments yeah it has to be in a bigger moment other than a regular well, season the immaculate game. reception is, is a ball that gets like, like ricochet to yeah, Franco but to catch Harris, it, but and to he catch it off scoops the it off the ground. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah that's good, and it, it has a famous name, um, so I like that. But one way or another, I'm going to go with this as just in, as an individual play, the best catch yeah. I think I've ever seen. Number four, uh, Justin Fields did it again. I, I, I didn't know if it was possible what he would do for an encore, and what he did was even well every bit as spectacular as last week. And Danny said this morning on TV 
that what Fields is doing is actually maybe playing his way into an MVP kind of conversation. And obviously, he's not going to win it or even get consideration for it because his team is now, what are they, three and seven, three and six, six. whatever they are, three and whatever they are. Um, and that was a game they could have won last week and another game they could have lost this week. I, You know, can I just ask a question? Lose the music for one second, Bubba. I'm going to come back to the takes. This is not part of the take. The take is Justin Fields is ridiculous. He's by far the best quarterback in last year's quarterback class. Maybe someday Trey Lance will be a great player. We have no idea. Mac Jones, I think we see what he is. He's going to be a good player. He's never going to be a transcendent player. Um, Zach, I still have high hopes for. I think he has a chance to be a very, very good player. He doesn't have anywhere near the ceiling that Justin Fields does. And Trevor Lawrence, people keep coming back to him. Trevor Lawrence has never been as good as he was his freshman year of college. We are still living in that. Justin Fields is the best quarterback from that class. If you were drafting it again and didn't take him right now, I would fire you as my general manager. But can I ask a question that's an aside? Two games yesterday were almost decided by missed extra points. The Bears game absolutely was. They missed an extra point and they wound up losing by that one point. The Viking game easily could have been. Now, Jefferson's catch and all the craziness that happens at the end wind up changing the outcome. But at one point, I had prepared a tweet that said two NFC North teams lost on missed extra points today. And the conversation I wanted to get into was, now, the extra point used to be a given. And the NFL decided we need to move it back so that there's a little more drama in that play. And I guess there is more drama in that play. Does anyone else not love that? Like, I don't want a game that is played for 60 minutes between all these people smashing into each other, coming down to a missed extra point. And I don't say this just because I root for the Bears and I wanted them to win yesterday. I'm not 100% sure I like the extra point not being a foregone conclusion. Am I alone on this? Anybody? Bubba, you with me on this? I don't like missed extra points. They used to happen once a season. Like, if your kicker missed one extra point in a season, that was a lot. Now... I feel like there were three, four missed extra points in the NFL every single week because it's just a much harder kick. They've moved it back. I don't think I like it. I think a touchdown, you should be able to count on it being seven. Yeah. Like that, I, I that like is, yeah, when you're, especially, yeah, you think about playground rules, you always just say it's seven, it's nothing. Seven. You don't That's say right. it's six, right. and then we'll see if we get the extra point. Right. So I never really thought about it. It is interesting. Yeah, because it is new. With, yeah, you, it's interesting. I don't Do know. you like it or not? If we could switch it back, I'm giving you the power right now to switch it back. Would you switch it back? I'd switch it back. Yeah, I think maybe we should switch it back. No, no, switch it back? No, do your job. Make it. Like, it's part of it. What if your team, Greeny, great. If the Jets won a playoff game yeah. based upon someone missing an extra point, right. are you going to say uh, that doesn't count? No, of course I'm not going to say it doesn't count because it is currently the rule. And in that moment, I would be thrilled that it happened. However, it doesn't change the fact that in general, in totality, I don't like it. I want a touchdown to be seven points. You have the option of going for eight. The, 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 that point in there just shouldn't be... It should be a given. I didn't have a problem with it being a given. The NFL seemed to think, well, this is boring. The extra point is boring. I can live with it. I can live with one boring play every now and again. Didn't bother me. Hembo, where do you stand on this? I have no issue with the distance. I personally think every team should have to go for it. Like, I, I think kick, the kicking game should just be field goal. I don't like the extra point at all. I think it's no, see, now, Like you with everything, you go what? too far. No. That's too far. How so? No, now you've made everything the ultimate 
uh, 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 crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Now, no touchdown is worth seven points. Everyone is either worth six or eight. Is that what you're saying? So I just want you to guess what the extra point percentage is, though. You're acting as if right one, now? one in three of them are missed. No, not one in three, but I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm going to guess that at least one. How many touchdowns are scored on a given Sunday? There's 32 teams. Let's say the, the, the teams average two touchdowns. Let's say there are 60 something touchdown scored a week. I'm just, am, am I close? Is there something like 60 touchdowns scored a week? Yes, if everyone's playing, yes. There, okay, so if every, that's right. The there teams 40, have there, there have been 45, or uh, there, there have been, uh, yeah, 65 extra points this week. So yes, you're 65 right. extra points mm-hmm. this week. I'm going to guess that four of them were missed. So on the season, it's a 94% hit. Like a 94% extra point clip. Uh, actually, this week it's 86, though. A lot, a lot lower. So I think there's... There's like an anecdotal thing here where you just saw some. You're telling me that 94% of the extra points this season have been good? Yes. And this week, though, it's 56 for 65, which is 86%. That, see, 94 is a lot higher than yeah. I thought it That's was. Me too. But even, even so, it used to be 99. 99.9. Yeah, yeah. So that's still 5%. Well, like, is, so so you, what, your point, what you're telling me is not that I'm wrong, but that it isn't as big a problem as I think it is. Yes, if you perceive it to be a problem, it's not. I, no. Well, no, it is still a problem. Well, it's not really a problem. It decided a game yesterday, and it could easily have decided another that's one. That's football, though. Like, that's no, it's football. not football. See, it never was football. That's my point. That was the definition of fixing something that wasn't broken. Like, I, they've made a million changes in pro football, and 99% of them have made the game better. I'm with it. I'm to this, totally with it. Changing the extra point was fixing something that wasn't broken. No one was sitting there. I, I defy you to find anyone sitting around going, you know, the problem with football, the extra point is too automatic. So no one is, was thinking that. So college still has it the old way. And what you're saying is you don't like, I wish like it. it was different. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, college kickers every now and again miss one because right. they're not as good. So mm-hmm. anyway, I, that was just a little bit of an aside. <laughs> Bubba, put some music back on. Let me keep going with my takes. Number five was that it was the best catch I've ever seen. Number four is that Justin Fields did it again. Number three. Number three is that suddenly Saquon for MVP doesn't sound so dumb, does it? Watch the man play. Watch the team play. They have nothing on offense but him. Everyone knows it's coming and you can't stop him. Well, I meant to put the... What did he have yesterday? 150 how many yards? 35 for 152. 152 on 35 carries. There's seven and two. You're going to sit there and tell me, wow, the Giants are doing with defense. I get it. But you have to score some points. You have to possess the ball. Everyone knows Saquon is coming and they can't stop him because he's just that good. You're going to tell me he doesn't even belong to have his name in the conversation? That's what I think, yes. He's the NFL's leading rusher on a team that is seven and two and might have the worst passing attack I've ever seen in my life. Because they, Daniel Jones is throwing the ball to people I've never heard of. I'm a professional sportscaster and I live <laughs> in New York. No, no, who are these people? I had to double check because there's guys, you know, Isaiah Hodgson's, like they just brought him off from the Buffalo Bills practice squad. This is what like, I mean. They, you know, Lawrence Cager, who came in as a wide receiver and all of a sudden he's playing tight end. <coughs> you know, they try to throw it to uh, Kenny Galladay and he's out of here dropping balls. So, yes, yeah, so they have yes. no one. The guys you thought, and Darius Tony is all of a sudden, you know, looking creative yeah. in Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> 
But he's throwing the ball to people I've genuinely never heard of. I'm not ashamed to admit. I don't know who these people what are. What I'm going to do is I'm going to aggregate like two lists. One list of some sort of anonymous players that have caught passes for the Giants this year and other just like politicians or something. And we're going to figure out if you can name whether or not it's a receiver or a politician. Yeah, we used to play that, a similar game to that on, on Mike and Mike. I like it. Uh, Greeny and Zip Recruiter makes it easy to hire for even the most specific role, like a mascot in Missouri. In fact, four out of five employers find a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We continue with my takes, my top five takeaways from yesterday. Number two. I- I'm just going to say I'm thrilled for Jeff Saturday. And a little bit later as the day goes on here, I will explain why I totally understand the way coaches reacted. If you saw Bill Cower, he was very upset about it on CBS. If you saw Rex, he was very upset about it on ESPN. And I've, I've seen mixed reactions to that. I've seen people who understand why the coaches feel the way they do. And I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, they're a bunch of whining crybabies. You can, both things can be true at the same time. I want Jeff Saturday to win more than I want any team but the Jets to win. I, he, Jeff, Jeff is one of my favorite people that I've literally, in my 30-year career, in my 26 years at ESPN, there are not 10 people I like more than I like Jeff, and you will not find anyone who doesn't. It doesn't mean I don't understand and cannot sympathize with the reason why the coaches feel the way they do about this hiring, and I will explain why I have lived through a relatively similar experience. Number one. But number one, I legitimately questioned the Bills for the first time. When I said there was a, my, my tease was... The first time I've legitimately questioned the one thing I thought was most certain in the NFL, for the first time I legitimately questioned Buffalo. I I thought Buffalo winning the AFC was the closest thing to a certainty that we had because I think Kansas City takes the step back without Tyreek. Mahomes is unbelievable, but their defense isn't great. I don't think they're great. Cincinnati has taken a step back. The Dolphins, I'm still, or at least I didn't think I was buying into completely. The Jets, I think, are a year too soon. I can't think of anyone else in that. Baltimore, I'm just, I'm not buying. For the first time yesterday, I questioned the Bills. They find ways to lose close games. And the quarterback is a big part of it. You were giving stats left and right today, Hembo. What's the most interesting stat on Josh Allen and costly turnovers? Well, right now, he, he leads the NFL in interceptions over the last two seasons. He leads the NFL in red zone turnovers over the last two seasons. But Vegas happens to disagree with you. They still consider Buffalo, right now third in the AFC East, the favorite to win the championship. It's crazy. I I don't even know that I wouldn't consider them the favorite. But I legitimately question, like it was Buffalo or the field for me. And I would have leaned Buffalo. I do not anymore. They have the worst red zone offense in the NFL. Yeah. The worst. Yeah. And I mean, that's incredibly confusing when you consider that they have one of the best quarterbacks (laughs) you've ever seen. And one of the things he can do is run over four people on his way to the end zone. So, yes, the fact that they keep turning it over and that interception he throws at the end of the game yesterday is, well, think about the things that had to happen for them to lose. They're in chip shot field goal range. So at minimum, they're going to get a tie out of it yesterday. He's got a fumble in his own end zone after his defense makes the stop. I get that a lot of wild things happen there. But even so, I mean, like Allen, he threw the the previous pick also where he's got to chase down the guy and make the tackle down in the red zone. Oh, you hate that. I, well, you I hate, hate them making the tackle. Um, I've, I've many times made the point. Let's lose the music on that. I've made the point. Quarterbacks should never make a tackle. 
Coming up next, I'll explain to you exactly what quarterbacks, there's a change that we need to make that would uh, prohibit quarterbacks from making tackles, which I'd be totally in favor of. Plus, I will tell you exactly why all these coaches are upset about Jeff Saturday, because I have lived it. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you here. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to support veterans and small businesses with their annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program helping veterans move their lives forward since 2013, learn more at keystoprogress.com. Okay, so first off, very quickly, Dak Prescott and Josh Allen yesterday both did the last thing in the world quarterbacks should do. And I'm not talking about throwing interceptions in the end zone, even though both of them did that. That happens in football games, even to great players, which Allen clearly is, and I continue to believe Dak Prescott is. What they both did, however, was they both got very heavily involved and invested, you could tell, emotionally, in making tackles after those. And I've said it before, and I will say it again. No play in practically any regular season game is worth the quarterback trying to make a tackle. Playoffs, I get it. Critical moment, understood. But if you are a quarterback and you throw an interception, I've said it many times, there should be hovering above the playing field a low-flying helicopter, and the moment there is a change of possession in a football game, a rope ladder should fall from this helicopter. The quarterback should be able to grab onto it and be whisked away to safety like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Just whisk him away, and don't let the quarterback get touched. The other thing a quarterback should do is just lie down on the ground. Just the second there's a turnover, just fall down. Don't get involved in making a tackle. That's other people's job. You're not a football player. You're much more important than that. You're a quarterback. How about Allen getting involved in a tackle, leading with his bad elbow? Are you kidding? That bothered me way more than the fumble in the end zone or the interception that cost them the game. So those were terrible. Next, I want to say this about the Jeff Saturday thing. I understand 
the way some people, so the way people in the coaching profession feel. And I think I can draw a real parallel to this. When I came to ESPN in the late 90s, we had a network called ESPN News. Uh, it's a channel now, but it isn't its own network with constant. Um, when, when I was there, I was hired, and so were many of us, young uh, sportscasters, trying to work our way up. We had worked our way through local markets and everything else, and we got to ESPN News, and we're all begging for opportunities on SportsCenter. Before there was such a thing as Mike and Mike, all I wanted to be was a SportsCenter anchor. And all of us, a bunch of young people, many of whom you know, depending on where you are in the country. Dave Revson was one of them. He's now the lead guy at Big Ten Network. John Butchigrass was one of them. He's one of our top guys here at ESPN still. And lots of others, Michael Kim and Dave Feldman and Chuck Garfine and people all over the country. And we all wanted these opportunities. And then when the reality TV thing happened, and that became a thing, ESPN invented a show called Dream Job. You might remember this. And they had all sorts of people who were basically not sportscasters doing all these auditions. They were, they were like competing. And the winner got to be a sports center anchor. And it was won by a young kid named Mike Hall, who was still in the business. Very nice young man. I like him. He's at Big Ten Network. He's not as young anymore because it was a long time ago. But some of you will remember this job, dream job. And when I tell you that the reaction of people who do what I do for a living, not just the ones inside ESPN, but when all these people who are working, you know, weekends in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and all these other little markets that are dying to get to ESPN and dying to get these jobs, and then all of us who were trying to work our way up, I was trying to, you know, I would have begged, borrowed, or steal to be on SportsCenter with Robin Roberts and Charlie Steiner and Bob Lee and, and all that kind of stuff. And they just give this job to this guy with no experience. And let me tell you, people were bent out of shape. And I had never met Mike Hall before that. And he, he turns out to be a very nice guy. I, know, I now know him a little. Not well, but I mean, I know him. And he's had a very nice career in the business. So this is not in any way a statement about him in the same way that Bill Cower and Rex and all those guys are not making statements about Jeff. And I love Jeff, and so I root for him like crazy. But I fully understand why people who have invested their entire professional lives and sacrificed everything that needs to be sacrificed. Again, I'm not comparing being a sportscaster with being a football coach, but, you know, you work weekends and you work holidays and all that kind of stuff. And now someone with no experience walks in there and he's got the job that I've been working up my way up to all of this time. I totally get why this rubs the coaches the wrong way. And that's the parallel that I thought of yesterday. Jeff is that guy. He won dream job. Why? Because he's tight with the owner. The owner said, I got a mess here. I need someone to come in and clean it up. I need someone that I trust. And Jeff took a, 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 a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity. And I don't think anyone who's thinking it through faults him for it. But I understand the resentment. Does that make sense to you? It does. You mentioned the owner, though, and... Uh, there, there are no, there's no group of people that are worse at anything than NFL owners are at hiring head coaches. Yeah. Like, it's just, they're just so bad at it, so maybe the way they've been doing it isn't right. There are 32 head coaching jobs in the NFL right now, obviously. How many of those coaches, Greeny, do you think are in their first or second season on the job? I mean, it's a huge number. 17. More than half. More than half. These guys stink at it. They have no idea what they're doing. So obviously we're biased. I'm biased. I was rooting for Jeff like crazy yesterday. But let's stop pretending like this... The ability to hire coaches is somehow this 
I mean, like art that these guys have perfected over the years. I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Now, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it, but it doesn't change the fact that the guy sleeping in his office last night is in a bad mood today. All right, we'll continue in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.